Welcome, thadies and gentledems, siblings and nibblings, to our first episodes of Ghosts of a Surinine. This is the arc, the first arc, of five in a series titled The Deimos Paradox for Tabletop Roulette, an anthology podcast populated by a rotating diverse cast and game masters. So pull up a chair, put down your chips, saddle up for today's game of Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, pull up a chair and put down your chips. It's time for Tabletop Roulette. Today's game is... by Miguel Lopez and Tom Parkinson's Morgan in which the players explore a mud and laser styled game of the world of the distant future year 5016. Players play as lancers, the best pilots in the known universe of anime style customizable mechs. Anyone can be a lancer. I'm your game master Reed and you can find me on Twitter at replays or howtoseduceadragon.com. Let's go around and meet our players and their pilots. Uh, Starting with Tricky, tell us who you are. All right, I'm Tricky. You can find me at Twitter at a clever trick. Uh, I'll be playing Pazo Mocha, a disgraced NHP developer. Call sign Cayenne. Hi, uh, Dusty. You can find me at uh, on Twitter at Dust E Hill. Uh, I'm going to be playing uh, Rigoberto de la Rosa, otherwise known as Despero. Hi, I'm Evan Saf, the Friendly Neighborhood Jam on the Rollout Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Names Equipped, and I will be playing. Telesin, call sign the sin. Hi, I'm Dorka. You can find me on Twitter at uh, at Dorka Sadai. I am playing Carolina Devore, call sign flyover. Hi, I'm Gnome, and I'll be and you can find me on Twitter at Knight 19 I'll be playing Vesper Kane, call sign tuned. Awesome. All right, um, that's your crew, and uh, let's get into it. Last time on Lens, y'all have been sent out by the Mirror Smoke uh, Mercenary Company to investigate a distress call that you received about six weeks ago from the planet of Asura 9, and couldn't make out much from it, but you do know that there is a station there, there are people that needed help, and so you were sent to recover company property and determine what occurred. You made it there, and you quickly realized that something was very, very wrong. You were running into things like floating jewelry and other sort of personal items, and things like rakes and hoes and uh, other farming equipment and things. This was a sustainable, uh, self-sustaining colony. And uh, quickly, uh, someone put together that all the things that were floating in the air were inorganic matter. In fact, you even found a filling without a tooth in it. And as you were exploring the comms building, 
where you were going to retrieve the data drives that would give you the information that you need and also fulfill your agreement of employment with uh, MSNC. You stumbled across a recording of a doctor, Dr. Saruman, who is talking to you from 50 years in the past which it sort of maybe explains why when you arrived at the station everything was totally overgrown it looks like no one had really lived here in quite some time despite the fact that you received the message six weeks before then the lights start going out and all of a sudden you are now under attack by an enormous i want to say voltron robot type of thing where all of, like the kind of uh farming equipment uh and stuff has sort of created this facsimile of a mech that is dragging itself towards you and there's multiple drones that all are buzzing ready to attack so that is where we are now. So the nice thing about this system is that there's no like initiative role necessarily. It's more that whichever one of you is like, oh, I have a move that I want to do. You can say that and then you go first and then I'll say, okay, and then this NPC goes and so on and so forth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get started. Who wants to go first? Cool. I have something. Um, one of the uh, the cool things about the Everest is, of course, that you get a extra quick action once per combat uh, as part of the initiative trait. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm first going to move into this uh, rectangular thing of cover. I'm imagining it's probably a, a different lesser building. All right. Uh, okay. So then I'm going to take a free quick action to um, attempt to hack this uh, middle... Um, of the formation guy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm, get, I'm feeling like this would be uh, actually. Oh wait, no, it's not a, a pilot thing. So do you ha do you have a hack ability or? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be trying to activate one of my systems, uh, Dominion's Breath. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, okay. So giving it an overshield on hit that potentially explodes and does bad things. Okay. So I have to make an engineering save. Yeah, after I see uh -huh. if it actually hits. So does a 15 hit? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so currently it has one point of overshield. And what I'm going to do is then uh, immediately shoot it with my Cyclone Super Heavy Pulse Rifle. All right. Okay, so I'm guessing that is potentially a miss, depending on its uh, evasion. Actually, no, that hits it. Okay, cool. Uh, so it takes 16 damage, uh, one of which pops the overshield. Okay. And then everything in that formation takes one, H one AP energy damage and must pass the engineering save or become impaired. Okay, so do they take the damage regardless of whether they pass? Yeah. So the, the damage is a flat thing, and then the engineering save is to save against impairment. And how, how big is this aura? by the way. Uh, it is blast too, so it will hit everything except the thing that's hiding behind the, the black square. <laughs> You've 
destroyed the whole, you wiped them all out. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> with with one damage? Are, are those all minions? They're all grunts. So you literally like uh, it described to me how this looks when you launch your pulse rifle. Peeking out, it's it's very much that tactical like uh up against the the back of this building, peeking around, and then this uh, focused energy emitter on uh, Dear Freyshut's uh, shoulder um, kind of launches this lancing beam of uh, electricity that kind of starts crackling over that middle uh, unit. And then once uh, Pazo sees that that's uh, kind of in play, uh, she gets this very devious grin steps out and then the mother of all gatling guns just fucking ends this man's career yeah and you you end this you end this drone like and this drone explodes and catches the all uh, everything around it all, all of these guys uh in its blast and they're just decimated they're done like these were just little uh, like kind of working drones if you will that kind of that they're not like really they're not really meant for combat and but they seemed aggressive enough to try you try you on and of course um they failed quite quite miserably (laughs) and so they um these are all dead you just fucking destroyed my whole career (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have more things up my sleeve. Vesper comes um, over the radio. Uh, hey, Pazzo, mind saving a couple for the rest of us? Uh, gotta be faster than that. <laughs> well, I thought that was very neat. That was a little uh, anticlimactic, don't you guys think? My So you look and you see the, the bigger figure that was hiding somewhat behind this cover suddenly disappears. And... Uh, I think it's going to go for Telesin. Excellent. So it disappears and it uses a quick attack and it's sort of, it lets out, it emits, emits this pulse that hits you, Talison. See, so does a 14 hit against your E defense? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So basically what happens is uh, this, for just for those of you at home, I am, uh, I adapted a witch for this. So FYI, so the witch makes a tech attack against a character within sensors. Um, and you're within sensors. On a success, the target takes one heat immediately, and then a further four heat at the start of the witch's next turn. Jesus. What so the please hell? take one heat. What's your heat cap? Six. And that's a quick tech attack. And so <laughs> I get one more. Let me see what the other one was that I wanted to use. Was the disappearing not a not an action? No, they just go invisible at the start of their turn. But yeah, so then they are going to use blind. Let's see, against Carolina. Uh, does twenty one hit against your e defense? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. So the witch makes a tech attack against a character within sensors. On a success, the, the target only has line of sight to adjacent spaces until the end of their next turn. So you're essentially, you are blind as a bat. Okay. So that is the end of the witch's turn. Um, and the witch 
becomes visible once more. So, uh, so basically, this witch like went at Talison and you know emit emitted this pulse that has uh, made you your mech start to heat up, and then emits another pulse right at uh, Carolina um, and. It, it makes it so that you, yeah, you literally are just in darkness now. Okay. So, Telesin, you know, getting getting her systems borked by this witch and seeing it flit around in and out, looks at it. No, that's not happening anymore. And I'm going to boost towards it, and then I'm going to grapple. Yes. Alrighty. So, let's see. Let me remind my, uh, remind us how grappling works in this game. When you grapple, you try and grab hold of a target and overpower them, disarming, subduing, or damaging them so they can't do the same to you. To grapple, choose an adjacent character and make a melee attack. So, okay, make a melee attack. And what's my defense against it? That or, would just be your evasion, I believe. Okay. Yep. Uh, my evasion is 10, so I believe that will hit. Yes, with a 12, that will hit. So, uh, on a hit, both tar- both characters become engaged. Uh, neither character can boost or take reactions for the duration of the grapple. The smaller yeah. character becomes immobilized, um, but moves when the larger party moves, mirroring their movement. If both parties are the same size, uh, either can make a con- make contested hull checks at the start of their turn. The winner counts as the larger, then the loser, until the contest is repeated. A grapple ends when either character breaks adjacency, such as, such as if they are knocked back or by another effect. Uh, the attacker chooses to end the grapple as a free action, or the defender uh, frees by succeeding a con- on a contested hull check as a quick action. Okay, so, and do I still get to do any quick actions, or is my only action able to get out of the grapple? No, you can absolutely do other quick actions, but you're immobilized, is the important thing. And then I am also going to engage the... Uh, Everest's special trait of getting another quick action because I am going to use that to apply fist to mech stomach. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Go for it. That is uh, using the Tiger Hunter Combat Chief. (laughs) Oof. All right. So, not great. That's a three. But wait, wait, wait. I got some things. I got some things. Okay. 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 Technically. That's a five because I have plus one. Ac- it's probably still not great, but I, I do have plus two accuracy because I have plus one ac- accuracy on the first melee attack I make with a main melee and I have plus one accuracy on all targets I'm grappling. Yeah. So just remember that uh, accuracy is a rolled D6 and you take that number. So if you do roll a, a six, uh, you might be able to hit it. Wait, so then I, do I get 2D6 to roll on top yeah, of that? Roll, roll 2D6 and then you oh, keep the highest one. Uh, so accuracy and uh, inaccuracy or disadvantage or whatever it's called, you basically keep the highest value that you roll. Um, so stacking up kind of gives diminishing effects, but it does give you a more reliable bonus. Oh, rad. Well, then, so then I actually got an eight. Oh, shit. Does that does that do it? No. Damn. <laughs> Rip. Well, that's, I mean, granted, I did I did get a one, so then it's going to be the witch's turn once more. So, uh, let's see. Who was it it was Telison I hit with the heat attack. So yep. you take um four a bunch of heat. Yeah. At the start of my turn. Um so go ahead and mark that. Yep. 
And yeah, and I think at a certain point when you overheat, bad things start to happen. So um, we'll take a look at that in a second when you're at that point, if you aren't already. I'm not. All right. Well, that's good. I think the, the witch is like pissed that Tellison's on top of it. Also pissed that Pazo took out its entire fucking army of drones <laughs> in one shot. Understandable. It's actually going to go for you, Pazo. Um, and it is going to tear you the fuck down, I hope. Oh, it does a 12. <laughs> does a 12 uh, yeah, so that does hit. Yeah! <laughs> Sorry, I need to be a fan of my PCs. Well, is this a, this is a ranged attack, correct? Um, yes, within 15. Uh, ranged attacks, uh, made by an engaged character receive plus one difficulty. Does, does, that, apply, does that apply to tech attacks, though? You know, I'm not sure. It just says ranged attacks. Well, yeah, because I think it might not count as a... Okay. It depends. Let's let's look it up. But it says the attacker chooses target within their sensors and line of sight, then rolls a d20 plus tech attack and any accuracy or difficulty to hit. They must match or beat the target's e-defense. Tech attacks ignore cover. It doesn't say anything about... But I, it is different from a ranged attack because it's melee ranged and tech attacks. So... Yeah. Okay. I think my Fair. ruling, unless I am overturned later on, will be that, yeah, that that will not work for this. But good idea. Yeah, so you also take one heat. So noted. Uh, and then it is going to look at Rigoberto and uh, going to use the uh, blind action again. <laughs> so I've seen one problem with popping all the minions. We're learning. <laughs> which is that <laughs> yeah, the uh, witch well, I mean, just it, gets... It, it, only gets so many activations. So, like, assuming it's a, a veteran or something, it gets, like, two around. Oh, okay. But eventually we do, like, action economy it out versus having a bunch of minions at the end of the turn. Yeah, does an 11 hit against against your Roberto? Against your E-defense? It does hit. All right. So you will then... Uh, you, you have no line of sight at all next to you. You and Carolina, <laughs> your mechs are right next to each other, and all you can see is each other. Everything else is dark. <laughs> Romantic. <laughs> Seven minutes in mech heaven. What if we were in... What if we couldn't see in each thing except each other? And also, we're both in mechs. <laughs> 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 Um, but yeah, also, uh, somebody roll a d20 for me. And I'm gonna say that if you get one through five, you get a, a new challenger appears. Six through ten, you get some more grunts. And if you get ten and above, no more enemies show up. I'll do it. Wish me luck. Good luck. Don't mess this up for us. Okay. Hey! All right, no, no new enemies. So, who goes next? I would like to. I would like to go. Um, get out of my seven minutes of mech heaven. No offense, but <laughs> uh, could I? I want to set us up to finish her off. So, are you saying you want to go instead? Yeah, since I can see. <laughs> I mean, I have ways around that, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think that folks that haven't gone yet, usually in in how this works is that there isn't an initiative, but 
usually... Well, neither one of them have gone yet. Yeah, so it would be a one or the other. Um, so I would say that Carolina and Rigoberta are going to go next, and then we can start at the top again. Vesper also hasn't gone. Oh, shit. Okay, my bad. But yeah, uh, you know what? If both of you want to go, um, I would say roll for it. Roll a D2. A D2? Yeah. All right. Yeah, flip that polyhedral coin. All righty. Uh, so Carolina's going to go. All right. So I cannot see anything around me, but that's actually fine. I'm just going to stay where I am. And as my first quick quick action, I'm going to try my hunter lock. Ooh. So I choose a character within sensors and I'm choosing the witch. And for the rest of the scene, my first successful attack against them each round deals plus three bonus damage. And I am stuck on them, basically, until they are destroyed. But that shouldn't be a problem, because there's nothing else here. And then for my second quick action, I'm going to use my smart gun, which is a seeking weapon that doesn't require line of sight. And also, it's a smart weapon. So all attacks with this weapon use the target's e-defense instead of their evasion. Yeah, and uh, remember to roll one accuracy die. It's hard to get it to do it in the sheet, so sometimes you just have to do it after the fact. Okay. Is that just a D6, right? Yep. Oh, dang. Okay. Ooh, 17. That's a roll. Hey. Um, yeah, that's going to super duper hit. So I take the four damage. Four damage plus the plus three from my hunter lock. Okay, so that's seven damage. Nice. It starts to spark a bit. Looks like maybe one of its arms is coming loose. Yeah. Who needs to see? I can fight in the dark. Let's see. Also, did I feel like somebody else did damage to me, but we maybe got distracted and I... No. No one else has? Okay. Just checking. Okay. So, I think then, Vesper, would you like to go now? Sure. Um, so, right after that, uh, quick action, I'm going to deploy a drone, uh, deploy a turret drone behind the witch, like right around there. Okay. And so, turret drone... Um, and it kind of, it just kind of looks like, um, maybe like, uh, I, I described Vesper's mech as being kind of a spider bot. It's like, it's baby, just no legs. And so what that does, just so everyone knows, is gives me the turret attack reaction. And, um, if an ally character within range 10 of a turret drone makes an attack against the witch, it deals an additional three kinetic damage. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, I'm going to go ahead. I was going to do two turret drones, but I don't think we'll need them. <laughs> so I think I'll just attack. Um, I'm going to go ahead and deploy uh, my ghoul nexus. Um, so these little floating cannons just kind of pop out of spider bot and float over there and target. Um, this is a smart weapon and a nexus. Um, so this is against this was against e defense, not evasion. So 13. Okay, it's exactly 13, so that will hit. So you do the three damage. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and call and say it's uh, connect damage. Okay. I don't believe that the damage type matters in this situation, but it may very well in the future. So, all right. So roll another d20 for me, somebody. You got to get better than a 10. Want me to do it again, or does anyone else want to take on the burden? I could try. Go for it. Hey. hey! Nice. Okay. Close for good. Yes. Uh, it looks like the witch is trying to communicate with something. Like it keeps like looking off back towards the complex, but nothing seems to be coming at this time. So it's still grappled. So it's been visible this whole time. But once again, um, since it's the start of its turn, Telison, I believe that you take another four heat. No, no, it's only once. Oh, it's only once. Okay. 
Cool. Yeah, no, you just you're just gonna take all the heat. Sorry, Tellison. But um, someone but else Pazzo does. does. Yeah, yeah. Pazzo does. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. So you take four heat and believe um, it's going to look again and send a pulse out at Vesper. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's a 19 against your E defense. We just know that, so yeah. Yeah, so you also take a heat. And now it looks at Telison mm-hmm. and its eyes glow and you feel this like... Uh, something taking control of your mech. Uh oh. Adios. <laughs> and I believe that this will, in fact, pro- a 19 will probably hit your E defense. It probably <laughs> will. But have have good luck taking advantage of all my melee weapons with no one within threat. <laughs> <laughs> fair so uh yeah so it will on a success the target immediately and as a reaction uses a weapon chosen by the witch to attack a character within range chosen by the witch so uh, like what what are your weapons like here i you know what what are my choices tell us in? <laughs> i i have combat sh- sheaths which are my fists i have uh, force majeure which is a is a heavy weapon and i have electric knives all my uh all my weapons are melee okay oh wait so i i'm sorry i'm sorry that is a slight lie yeah you do have it looks like a ranged weapon here yes i have i have a next a light nexus all right i think that the um this witch is still really pissed at pazo so you see your nexus start to like slowly point at Pazo, and would you like to roll the attack roll, or shall I? Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I can do it, but if you really want to, I'll let you press the button. I mean, it, it, you know, it's a matter of principle now. Would you like to be... <laughs> sure, you're forcing me to press the button in character, so force me to press the button out of character as well. Oh no, that's a six! Oh darn! <laughs> so, uh, your Nexus, like, uh, shoots out at Pazo. Pazo is just barely able to get out of the way, and it leaves, like, a smoking little crater behind her. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that is the witch's turn. So. Damn it, Tellison. <laughs> I didn't even know I had that one. somehow i'm not surprised so i have a question i'm blinded i could still move though right i just only see like a space in front of me yes so if you have any weapons that require you a line of sight i don't believe you get to use them or it requires difficulty okay because i i would say i would let you shoot one of your weapons if you wanted to but it would be increased difficulty and if you fail I would say that you hit one of your teammates. Okay, I'm just trying to move because I could just like move one space right. In, uh, Careful, you're now within range of my weapons. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm gonna do right there, and I'm gonna get uh, my siege ram and just going to hit the witch with it really hard. Is that just I just use that attack bonus I have, right? Yes. All right, um, and that's, is that against, um, do you know what system that's against? Is that just against my uh, evade? I, I assume it's evasion, yeah. That's a 16. Oh, sweet, yep, that'll hit. Awesome. 
So you are like you're totally blinded, but you just you you can sort of hear maybe still where things are happening, and you literally mm-hmm. are just like, God, I I fucking hope this hits, and <laughs> take your siege hammer out and you whack the the witch, and yeah, and uh, she's looking real real fucking hurt. Yeah, it does a uh, two kinetic damage, by the way. Yeah, and then my turret activates as a reaction. Oh shit! Oh, oh. <laughs> Go for three kinetic damage. Oh boy! All right, yeah. So, um, that is, uh, yeah. The the witch like seriously starts fucking sparking like nobody's business. Let's see. So, uh, structure damage. Hey. Okay. So, um, you you have damaged this mech, but the the final blow that you've struck with your drone just glances off of it, and it looks like it, it's still standing, but it's definitely having a rough time it's sparking all over the place and like one of its arms is on the ground you know because this thing has been cobbled together from several different disparate machines from around the compound uh the station so they're not really meant to be together they just sort of fused somehow so uh it seems that whatever is holding it together is starting to uh, disintegrate so and that mechanically means that this mech is impaired until the next turn impaired characters receive plus one difficulty on all attacks saves and skill checks yeah that thanks so is there a way for me to not be impaired anymore or does that mean i just i mean it says until the end of your next turn right that's fair yeah Sorry. So, but I do, that does mean I get difficulty die, so everything that I do is going to be harder. So, it looks once again at... Oh, right. Also, um... Oh, wait. I already already hit you with the teardown. Never mind. Did I hit somebody else with teardown? It was Pazzo, and it was, uh... Telesen. Telesen. And that's it, right? Those are the only teardowns that I did. It was, it was Vesper. It was Vesper. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So actually, Vesper, you're taking four heat, yeah. And I'm up to five. We need to kill this thing. <laughs> so, um... What was that thing about it having limited activations? Uh, not tear down. Well, no, I mean, like, what, what type of enemy is this? Because it only gets one, two, or three times it can activate per round. I guess... I'm not sure what activation means, sorry. That, like, that means turns. Oh, okay. You, you only get so many turns per unit. So even like something that's a super top end ultra can only go three times in a given round. Yeah. I mean, I get to go uh, twice, I think. Yeah. So, so you, you got two turns with the witch and then the rest of it is just PC turns. It's kind of like if we had run out of PC turns oh. and it would just be minion turns until the end. Or uh, I'll, I'll just say we'll just erase this last turn and just because I didn't really do a turn anyway. I just did like a structure save. I haven't done anything yet. So um, who wants to go next? Anyone not gone yet? Yeah, I think everyone has gone now uh, at least once. Okay, so I can see again. Yeah, you are now not blinded. Cool. Congrats. That's exciting. So I am going to... So I'm going to move over here and I'm going to use my smart gun again. Fuck yeah. Oh, and I guess I get the accuracy on that, too. Hot damn. Probably don't need it with a 17. Yeah. But you know what? You know what's better than 17? 23. 23 is better than a 17. Yeah. I mean, you super duper hit that. Um, Okay. 
And uh, yeah, so uh, you hit it with your smart guns. They seek out the witch and just pummel her right in the chest. And yeah, she's not looking so good. That's the four damage. And don't forget the plus three damage from my hunter lock. That just keeps happening until she's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Insult to injury. Yeah, remember when you were all complaining that I've made this witch too OP? (laughs) My, uh... My turret, my turret can activate again because it's a new round. How much damage does the turret do again? Three. <laughs> Kinetic. This this witch is like about to die. Uh, and I think I'm gonna roll and see if it gets its uh weapon back. Oh hell yeah! So no, right? Well, it's still my turn, right? Oh yeah, have you finished? Uh, did you do? No, I only did one. Actions? I only did one quick action. Oh well, shit! Oh yeah. You did too. You boosted and you skirmished. Oh yes. But you is- you could use the Everest to get a third. Oh, is is moving an action? Uh, so regular moving, no. So you can move up to your uh unit speed. Um, and that that's free. Yeah, because I only moved three spaces. I did not understand that. I thought moving. I thought boosting was the only way to move. Rip. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So to be clear, each square is five feet. You should be fine. So if your speed is six, you can move up to 30 feet. Um, it's very similar to D&D, except for, you know, it tells it just tells you by multiples of five. Anyway, so. All right. So I moved. I did a quick action and I get one more quick action. Yes. Um, so just to be safe, I'm going to deploy some cover in um, these two spaces in front of me. Just separate me from that thing. Okay, I'm going to draw a little shape then and fill it. All right, that's your cover. Is that... And that is my turn. Okay, so now the witch turns to Pasa. <laughs> Has it not just been staring at Pasa this entire time? It's Pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's like really awkward. It's kind of like in, um, in, in movies when, uh, you know, people are like making out and they're making eye contact with someone else while they're making out with a different <laughs> person. That's like exactly what this is. It's only got eyes for you. Yeah, the way the way she looks at you, man. Sweet and awkward, you know. So uh, she's going to use, uh, she looks at you and her eyes glow once more. And you start to feel like this energy rippling throughout your mech. And you're hearing Marachino, your NHP unit, actually kind of screaming in pain. And I got a four, um, so that's not good. Wait. Oh, my attack bonus is wrong. Okay, but it's still the so I technically that's eight, and then I don't think I get any. Yeah, I don't get any. Extra um, so my so, defense is, I believe, still eight. Okay, so your E defense is. Eight. Yeah, so you you should uh, hit with that. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't have any system bonus. I always start with hole. That HP mm. is so good. It's true. So um, so you're hearing Marchino screaming in pain. Like, you've never heard an NHP scream like this before. And it's horrifying. And suddenly you feel your weapons starting to point towards Telesin. Well, uh, the good news is, uh, for us, that is bad news for you. The Cyclone Pulse Rifle has loading, uh, so it's currently empty, but you can use my Bolt Nexus. Yeah. So yeah, so it's going to roll your Bolt Nexus at Telesin. Oh. 
that will hit. So, yeah, so that's a 19 against your, uh, fuck, what's the systems that goes against? Evasion. Oh, no, it would be E-Defense, which, whatever. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> whatever, it, it hits. Yeah, so, um, so it looks like you just take the one damage, um, uh, one energy damage. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> then it looks at, it looks at Telesyn also again and it's going to use its uh tech attack great quick once um so that's an 18 against your e-defense yeah you once again take heat cool yeah i would like to i would like to take my turn next please (laughs) sure uh because i am going to spend a full action to stabilize because i'm at six uh, i'm at my heat cap oh shit like, describe to us how this is working with your mech for those that don't know how heat works in this game. Um, yeah, so I think uh, what what uh, this is this is most most significant for is is the fact that um, you know Telson's piloting style is directly linked to her movement. So it's it's kind of like when you lose power steering. Um, and you have to like really wrench your wheel to get your tires to turn, except that it's you know, an entire mech instead of uh, a series of wheels. So, like, her enti- her body is having to force the movement of a machine, of a giant anthropomorphic machine. So now I just need to look up exactly how stabilization ha- works. So, yeah, for those of us at home, you have a certain amount of heat that your mech can take before things start breaking down and getting bad. Um, so you have to be careful when you're fighting against, uh, enemies like the witch, which is why I picked her, because she's just so wonderful. So, uh, when you stabilize, you enact emergency protocols to purge your mech system of excess heat, heat, repair your chassis where you can, or eliminate hostile code. To stabilize, choose one of the following. And there are two of these, one which is repairing, and the more important one for me, which is cool your mech, clearing all heat and exposed. Uh, So I go back down to zero heat. And then, additionally, I get to choose one of the following. Reload all loading weapons, I don't have any. Clear any burn, I don't have any. Uh, Clear condition, I don't have any. Or clear an adjacent ally's condition that wasn't caused by one of their own systems. Does anyone have any conditions who's next to me? Which I believe is just Rigoberto. Do you have any conditions? I'm no longer blinded, so no, I'm actually okay. Alright, um, and then, since I didn't realize that moving wasn't wasn't an action previously and (laughs) used the Everest core bonus to get an extra quick action, um, when I actually had one already, I'm just gonna do that same thing and actually use it the quick action this turn to again apply fist all right let's see it that's an 18 that'll fucking do it how do you finish this witch Tellison? uh so i think you know like we're engaged right now and particularly that bit where the witch like keeps moving its sensors back to pazo I just imagine that, like, you know, Telson has this thing, like, gripped, like, by the shoulder and is, like, digging in and lets go for a second and grabs the equivalent of its head and twists it back to face at her and just applies fist over and over and over. <laughs> you crushed this head, this, like, like a weird, you know, facsimile of the head of a mech, if you will into a pulp it's just like the metal is just crushed under your fists it's a mess and eventually whatever thing is holding it together uh 
just finally breaks and all the pieces just fall to the ground and you're now out of combat. Hi, Dios mio. Okay. A quick question, everyone. What the fuck was that? Well, if I had to venture a guess, and yeah, I do. Uh, it seems to be some sort of corrupted uh, programming, probably linked to an unchecked NHP, and they've co-opted most of the systems in this little uh, locality we found ourselves in. So I, I would expect more of them. Well, we... We got the data drive, right? Why don't we just leave? Well, it's assuming the uh, ship's still there. It sounded like they were having some uh, difficulties. For now, let's go off the assumption we're not stranded on this guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Old assumption, but sure, I like your optimism. Anyway, let's... Uh... So so this is an out-of-character question. We, we were communicating... Uh, with the big ship through Cass, but do we have like direct line to um, what's his name, the pilot, or do we would that also be through Cass? You do have planetary communication with Bruno. Why don't we just call Bruno? Yeah, I mean, we can call Bruno. I have an Omni hook, so uh, we should have good signal. Make sure he hasn't also been dissolved into fillings. You know. <laughs> But yeah, so you guys call Bruno? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll just dial the ship up. All right. Um, you call and Bruno goes, um, hey, guys, uh, good to hear from you. Are you, are you guys okay? I uh, I heard oh, some yeah. like, I, I saw some like weird activity going on over by you guys. And also I've lost com- all contact with, uh, with Pandora. So I'm kind of at a loss, y'all. Well, uh, we we got we got what we came for. Um, it did sound like uh, there were some problems with cast. Uh, is everything fine on your end? Well, um, I haven't gotten anything from cast in a while. Uh, I the last I heard, she was cycling and unresponsive, and now I can't I can't hail Pandora at all or uh, or Zang. I, I I'm. We're completely blind out here, and bad news is that I can't even tell like where they are in orbit. We're not going to be able to get up there unless we restore contact. Do you have any idea no. of how we might do that? Uh, well, I think that maybe the comms tower would be a good idea. Perhaps we could boost a signal past the atmosphere to get to the ship, because um, unfortunately everything I have here is too short-ranged. But uh, and without cast in the picture, it's significantly harder. Um, but I mean, f- we might uh, have to bunker down here for a bit and try and rig something up in the meantime. Pazo tries not to look insufferably smug as uh, her little picture in picture on the conference call just is like, fucking told you guys, fucking told you guys we're not getting off this planet. Ah, I was right. <laughs> well, I think we promised Zang some souvenirs anyways. I think I promised myself some souvenirs, so... Yeah, um, I'll head to you guys, because uh, I have to leave the ship here, unfortunately. It's uh, just a little too difficult to find a good landing spot close, but uh, so it's going to take me like a couple hours to get to you. But uh, yeah, in the meantime... You may not want to do that, Bruno, if you've got air on the ship. Well, I mean, I have a suit with air in it. I'm not a cool Lancer like the rest of you guys, but... You know, I've, uh, I, I, <laughs> right. There just may be something that eliminates flesh here. So, what? you know, Ex- what 
Yeah. I think it's probably safest. Just stay outside the compound for now. All right. Yeah, there are a, a stunning lack of uh, organic bits. Just yeah, in there. Yeah. What the hell happened? Bad batch of corn. Ah, you know, yeah, I've had that happen before. It really stops me up, you know? <laughs> you know what, Bruno? I think I'd have to copy uh, some of my films. Maybe you should just, like, kick back and watch them. We'll be back eventually. All right. Um, I guess I'll just chill here. And you see you see him, like, on the uh, – because are we doing a vid call? Is that what we're doing? Probably, yeah. Uh, so you see you see that he's uh, he he brought some uh some beer with him and he's like got uh got some cans in the background you see he's been hitting the juice bit like yeah um yeah just uh wake me up when you guys uh when you guys make contact and then we can uh, get back up to the ship yeah wait was he planning to fly to us drunk yeah uh, I mean it's it's Bruno he yeah yes of course just, he was. <laughs> not not drunk just tipsy you know I no offense taken um love you man. Um, <laughs> Great. He's like, "All right, Bruno out," and he turns off the cam. <laughs> so, um, so basically, it's the downtime actions that I'm going to allow you to do downtime actions at this point, um, unless you go say looking for trouble, then maybe we'll get out of the downtime actions into other stuff. But um, basically, it sounds like Bruno is going to be perfectly happy to drink <laughs> his beer on the shuttle and hang out waiting to be rescued. Um, and the rest of you are in this abandoned uh, compound. It's, you know, this overgrown dome, essentially, uh, that these people lived in. And uh, yeah, it's yours to explore. So what do y'all do? Um, Vesper's gonna, like, he's, mil- he's gonna, like, let his military training take over a little bit, mm. which he- I don't think you guys see very much of, because <laughs> he kind of hates it, but... Alright, first thing we need to do is we need to find an FOB. We need to find a nice, safe place to set up shop and decide how we're gonna do this. Yeah, and, you know, there's so much safe location with us having a unknown thing eating flesh... Well, as far as we know, this is about the safest atmosphere we're going to have. Mm-hmm. Some place defensive. Yeah, didn't all, some of you already breathe the air anyway? Ah. Uh, actually, I have a uh, a sylph, uh, so it's all filtered. Right. So okay, I thought that somebody did. Oh, I but... popped my hood open. And... Oh yeah, Carolina yeah. already breathed the air. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's looking at Carolina to see if she melts into goo. Look, whatever <laughs> happened here happened fifty years ago. It well, might be. It might have moved on by now. That's a, allegedly weird. <laughs> weird question. How how tall is that corn? Like, does it look like it's been growing untended for fifty years? Yes. Okay. How tall is that corn? <laughs> it's it. That's an important question. If there's something that's been taking care of the corn. I mean, corn can be like six to ten feet tall, but this is also not like corn that you, as people players, would recognize. It's like an alien type of corn, and it's, it's not like going to grow more than it can like support its own weight. So, well, no, but like it, it could be differently tended, or you know, like there's a, it's it's not in clean rows or anything like that. Yeah, I think that it's yeah, it it's it is in rows, but it doesn't look like it's been tended in some time. There's like uh, there's the detritus from previous harvests everywhere. Um it's probably honestly a miracle that this thing is still 
all this stuff is still growing, which might indicate that the atmosphere controls of this place work well still. So yeah, it's it's still growing, but it definitely it looks like like somebody just uh, like let it go completely. Like it no is one. A mystery. Had... Yeah, but yeah. Um. Otherwise, so you've already been to the comm building. There is a dormitory building. There is a another like sort of larger building that looks like maybe it was a meeting place, mess hall, whatever. Um. There's a couple of different like industrial sheds that house the uh, equipment that they use to farm and sustain themselves. There's a uh like a water purification tank. And then there is another building that looks to be like another kind of industrial type building. There's no like labels on these, by the way. They're they're all just kind of like these white, almost tent-like structures. But when you look at them and you touch them, they're like super hard, like graphite. Like they're... uh, they're obviously super durable, which is why they're still there, and they actually are pretty intact, but obviously the plants have grown over them. There's also a lot of fungus, because fungus, fungi are, are pretty hardy. I think there's a lot of talk about how fungus might be used for uh, future colonization um, efforts, and so... Yeah, there's a lot of fungus type of stuff too, all over the place. Yeah, what do you do? So let's see. Uh, how how are the uh, the computer systems looking? Um, in the comms building or uh, yeah, uh, just in general that we've seen. So obviously we got the the stuff from the uh, the comms building, but does it link to any of the uh, rest of the facility? Yeah, um, I would say that the comms building is kind of the hub, and when you go back inside you know before the lights were flickering off and on and um and you see that that recording of the um of that woman um in the lab coat the dr saramin is still playing it's kind of like cutting in and out but otherwise things look relatively intact there's obviously some damage from like plants and moisture and stuff but like you know, it looks, it, uh, things seem to be in order. Okay. Um, so I think that for my kind of downtime action, uh, what I'm looking for is power at a cost. Okay. So what I want to know is uh, information on what happened here. So basically the way this works is uh, I can definitely get it, but depending on the outlandishness of the request, the GM chooses one or two from this list. It's going to take a lot yeah. more time, really damn risky. You have to give something up or leave, leave something behind. It's going to piss off something or something important and powerful. Things are going to go wildly off plan. You'll need more information. It's going to fall apart damn soon. You'll need more resources, but you know where to find them. Or you can get something almost right, a lesser version or less of it. Um, so you want to know what happened here? Is that yes. your, your request? Okay. Yeah. So generally, like uh, trying to to figure out what happened to the people. Why is it fifty years ago uh, instead of six weeks ago that we got the message? Just kind of see what I can piece together through uh, kind of hacking in and uh, reviewing all of the data that's available. Yeah. So you um, you hack and let's see. I I feel like should I have you roll for this or is this just something I give to you? 
Oh wait, you do have to you do have to roll. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, I looked at the thing. It does. You do roll. So go ahead and roll. Um, you can also use your yeah. You use your hack it fix um trigger. I think that definitely applies here. Um. Yeah. Um. And can I get accuracy because I have full sync uh synchronization suite the uh the subjectivity enhancement suite where it's uh I'm like literally plugging into the system to do in person hacking. Of course. Um, and I think, yeah, and you have Marachino as well, and Marachino is uh, mm-hmm. very helpful in that way. Um, so yeah, go ahead and do the accuracy as well. Okay, yeah, so 16. All right, yeah, with the 16, that is an uproarious success. So uh, yeah, what you find, and I don't think that I'm, go- and I, that's like a pretty reasonable request, so I don't think I'm going to really, let me see. I think it takes you some time, but not as much as it would have if you weren't so like souped up for this kind of thing. And what you find, however, what you find doesn't really, um, it doesn't seem to illuminate the situation so much. But what you do find is uh, some logs, you know, not video logs like the other one of Dr. Saruman that's still playing on the wall, but it's logs written by her about the start of their uh, of their mission here. And what you find is that they've only been here, at least according to this, they arrived uh, on this planet about a year ago. Um, and that uh, and the last log that you find is uh, from six weeks ago. And everything is pretty, uh, pretty standard, like just talking about like crop yield and, you know, just like kind of day to day administrative stuff, like nothing super interesting, nothing that's telling you, you know, what the hell happened to these people. But then you do come across encrypted, encrypted files. And this isn't just like, you know, encryption. This is like the top of the line encryption. This is like, you know, for for lack of a better phrase, it's like trying to get into Fort Knox. And uh, you're able to take some time to get around it. And uh, hopefully you haven't left any fingerprints left for anyone to find that you hacked in there. But what you do find is a confirmation of um, what Dr. Saruman said on the video, that this is a station built on top of an old second committee research site. And so for for those of you at home, because I know we've mentioned a lot of like random lore stuff, especially last time, not random, but you know what I mean. And we didn't explain everything. So with the current state of the world, Union is the um, sort of utopic human government, pan, pan universal government, and it rose into power after a coup that deposed those of, in power previously, which was the second committee. And the second committee was bad news. A very dark chapter in human history, a lot of unethical experimentation and government actions there was war it was not great um and there uh and and what these logs are detailing is that there was a secret research facility here that was recently rediscovered by union and so they sent some of their brightest scientists to build a colony here and to study this facility. They keep referring to this thing as profit 
question. How is that spelled? Profit as in a seer or profit or as in money? Ferengi or Bajoran prophets? It's spelled P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Thank you. They they detail um, that they actually found a strange facility below ground and that they they say they just refer to it as we found the prophet there and they detail experiments that they've done with the prophet and uh that's about all that you can really get at it from now because it's these files are the files that actually explain more are not on this local computer system they're kept elsewhere from what you can tell okay cool uh yeah so i i think that as you know everyone kind of files back into the main base camp from uh doing their various activities pazo would uh fill them in generally speaking on what she's discovered all right so before we get to that scene where you guys are talking about what pazo has discovered what are the rest of you doing in the meantime like uh what about um rigoberto carolina Vesper, Tellison. <laughs> so we're kind of camping out here for a little while. I don't know what kind of like supplies we brought with us. This was probably supposed to be just like a quick in and out. So Carolina is going to, there's there's no bartering to do, but she can certainly do some scrounging, I would hope. Yeah. And probably like scrounge around the um, dormitory area looking for like non-perishable things to eat. There's also a mess hall as well. Oh, right. Then, then the mess hall. Things, things to eat, things to uh, get us hydrated. Um, yeah. And maybe maybe like medical supplies, any, any sort of supplies that could be useful. Yeah. Um, go ahead and roll me a d20, please. I rolled a four. All right. So I would say that uh, you're able to find some rations, but most of it's gone. There, there, you found like some space goo, basically. Um, it's like astronaut food, but like worse. And uh, you did, however, find a little bit of water in the water purification tank still. Um, but you're going to have to take some time to actually purify it. So basically you found some stuff, but it's not going to last you guys very long. I do actually have a wilderness survival kit with water filters, if that helps. Nice. Then you can use that on this water because it looks pretty dingy. Like, yeah. you probably wouldn't want to drink it. It's all space um, goo and weird corn. Yeah, I mean, you can act also. Uh, you c- The corn looks ripe enough. Like, you could probably cook it and eat it um so you could do that as well you have no idea what this is though you've never seen this plant before so it could be a little bit of a risk but uh yeah that's what that's what you find and i assume you bring that back um, what about rigoberto what are you doing um i was looking and honestly like right now rigoberto just wants to like relax after uh, dealing with all this space BS. So there's a thing for get a damn drink. There's not really a place to get a drink, but I assume I mean, him, Arsen, always has. (laughs) 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 Already established that Tellison has a flask, so. They they didn't bring supplies, but they brought alcohol. That's a supply. Uh, I I don't (laughs) know. 
Um, yeah. I mean, basically, I'll just let you guys, you guys do a scene where you're drinking together. And um, again, all these options that if you like don't roll well, like, I mean, I guess you could lose your dignity if you don't roll well. <laughs> <laughs> that's very possible i suppose but your possessions and your your memory as well that eh, just none of those are really like great for this situation however yeah let's just go ahead and roll and see what happens um and we'll go from there 1d20 please 12 18 nice okay um so yeah you guys both got above a 10 so congrats. Let's see. I mean, again, all of these are assuming that you're like hanging out, uh, not just with each other in the wilderness. So what are reserves? Because it says gain one as reserves. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out is what reserve will I give you? I guess set the stage for me. Where are you guys drinking? Are you inside your mechs awkwardly drinking next to each other? Or are you like, because uh, I'm assuming like, if if Carolina hasn't gotten melted, I don't know if you guys are tr- uh, you know gonna risk it getting out of your max, but up to you. Um, I mean honestly, I would say like probably the mess hall would probably be a good place. Just like looking around. Yeah. Where I got one of the tables. Um, uh, <laughs> Tozen has the flask, and when the two glasses come out, one hundred percent playing <laughs> mumbly pe- peg. Wait, what's Mumbly Peg? Please explain it for the listeners. Oh man, this is the second time I've had to explain Mumbly Peg on a podcast before. Uh, so Mumbly Peg, <laughs> you might you might most relevantly know it from uh, Aliens. Um, it's when you have a knife and you put your hand on the table um, and you just keep going back and forth in between all your fingers uh, with the knife. Huh. How do and- you win? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really just kind of. I mean, you don't stab yourself. Yeah, is is like it's not it's not super a competitive thing. Like you could do that. You have to match pace, and you know whoever gets themselves first. But it's kind of just showing all. It's kind of just a show of you know dexterity. Um, and Rigoberto will be he'll be nursing a drink while he's just watching Sin, just like going back and forth. He's just like Sin, you gotta be careful. Just like in general this and i haven't lost a finger yet yeah just you know just i know your thing is just getting in the faces but we don't know what we're dealing with here as well just like don't explode i guess you worried about me berto sometimes i I worry about things a lot uh you're a little wild for my taste but yeah yeah you give me worried sometimes so um Tellison, as as part of her hard suit, has has a tertiary hand. Um, so while she is uh, <laughs> still like going back and forth on her hand with her with her two actual you know human hands, like that just comes and gives uh, like she's looking you in the eye doing this. The third hand comes and gives you like that little condescending pat on the cheek. Oh, that's sweet of you, Berto. Ideas. Don't don't get any ideas. I, like at this point, Berto's like. Like, I'm just trying not to get my ass killed trying to save your ass. I still need to get home. Listen, I promise that if I die, you'll die first. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably a promise you can keep. So, vamos. Um, so as you both are having this touching conversation, you hear footsteps down the hall. Carolina, is that you? There's no answer. Tellison sort of flips the knife up so that she's no longer stabbing her hand. Well, 
that's a little concerning. If you liked what you heard, the best way to let us know is on Twitter at TTRPGRoulette. Or letting us review on your podcatcher of choice. If you do leave us a review, let us know so we can give you a shout out in a future episode. You can also support us financially on Patreon at patreon.com slash TTRPGRoulette. There, you can get access to bonus content such as character creation episodes, blooper reels, an art gallery, and much more. Our music was created by Neil Martin, who you can find on Twitter at Bardic Martin. Our logo was created by Lee, who you can find on Twitter at The Law of Names or on his Masks AP Otherwhere. We want to give a very special shout out to our patrons, including Landon Cornell, MC of Shadows of St. Fleur, Reed, Dusty, Silva, Vanessa Haas, Zeke, Gnome, and Daniel. My name's Olivia, and this is the Y2K Podcast. I found a bunch of files on my mum's old laptop. It's 20-year-old voicemails between my mum and a friend of hers. Hi, Kat. You always know when something's off, don't you? Jess, I feel so great. That was Rachel. She's... (laughs) Wow. I feel... uh... Empty. Sending you hugs across all the oceans. Oceans of hugs? That's perfect. Y2K. New episode every Friday all through 2020, starting January 3rd.